Our title of the sermon today is Faith Enough to Wait, and the uh, passage of Scripture today comes from Luke chapter 14, uh, select verses. It is football season. One of my favorite things that I've ever had the opportunity to do was several years ago, I decided to go to Ole Miss Fantasy Camp. Now, Ole Miss Fantasy Camp is, is where you get to go and spend an entire weekend with the coaching staff. You get this behind-the-scenes look as what uh, an SEC football program is like. They only allow like 40 or 50 people to go, and I decided after I had cancer, you know, I was like, there's some things in my life that I've been wanting to do, but I keep saying I'm going to do someday. Well, now is the time, and so I went to fantasy camp. Uh, it's really a fundraiser for graduate uh, uh, coaches, and, and, but when I showed up there and I saw uh, the people that were in the room, I quickly began to realize that there were a lot of impressive people in that group of 40 or 50. I mean, there were names that I recognized uh, as being influential boosters and alumni of the university, and I quickly realized that Wow, I, I, I'm just a nobody compared to all of these people. These were people that had been coming to this fantasy camp for years, and so they already had relationships with the coaches. I mean, they even had like the coaches' cell phone numbers in, in, in their phones. And so I am like really uh, sort of feeling overwhelmed by the fact that I don't really know anybody here and, and, and I was really intimidated by the whole experience. Well, one of the favorite things about the week was that uh, at all of the mealtimes, the coaching staff, each one of them would sit at a different table, and then the rest of us would be invited to join them for that meal, and we could enter into conversation with them uh, over the course of the meal. And so I'm realizing that, that all of these people, they know the head coach. They know the offensive coordinator. I'm figuring they're going to want to sit with those people. So I start looking for the assistant offensive line coach. I mean, somebody's got to sit with him, right? And I figured I'd just start at the low end, and I would just spend a meal talking with somebody that I didn't even really know their name. And so I found my way over to this table of a coach that I couldn't have told you was a coach if you'd asked me prior to going to this fantasy camp. And then, then head coach Houston Nutt is making his way around saying hello to everybody. And he comes up to our table and he says, Hi, I'm Coach Houston Nutt. Like, I didn't know that, right? So I said, Hi, I'm Tommy Ward. He's like, I know you, Tommy Ward. He said, you're the one that writes me those encouraging notes. Yeah, I even write my football coach's notes. <laughs> you're the one that writes me those encouraging notes. I know you. I am so glad you're here. And then all of a sudden, he gets everybody's attention in the room. And he says, hey, everybody, we're getting ready to eat our meal. And I'm going to ask my good friend Tommy Ward if he'll say the grace over the meal. So I went from sitting with the assistant offensive line coach to being asked to pray for the entire group by head football coach Houston Nutt. 
At the end of that week, this first time I'd ever done fantasy camp, we actually go to Houston Nutt's house. This big, beautiful house by a lake outside of Oxford. I'm sitting on the back of the bus, so I'm one of the last ones to get off the bus. We're going into his house. He's there greeting us as we go in. And when I get up to the front door, Coach Houston Nutt says, Tommy, come with me. I want to show you something. And so we proceed to go down this hallway. It is just me and Coach Houston Nutt, y'all. I have died and gone (laughs) to heaven. And we walk into this room, and I immediately see all of these display cases, and there's footballs and jerseys and game day programs and rings and, and license plates and all sorts of memorabilia from his coaching. And when we walk into the room, Coach Houston Nutt says, Tommy, I brought you back here to my study because I I, I wanted to share something with you. And he said, what I wanted to share with you is not all the stuff that's in these display cases. That's important, and I'm proud of it. But they're there because they remind me who I am. I'm a football coach. And right now, I'm the head football coach of the University of Mississippi. But he said, I come into this room not only to remember who I am, but I come into this room to remember whose I am. I am a child of God. I am a follower of Jesus. And then he pointed over onto his desk, and there on his desk, open wide, was this little raggedy Bible. It looked like he'd been using that Bible for a hundred years. There was all sorts of highlights all through the Bible. There was old worship bulletins in the side of the Bible. There were notes all over everything. And he said, I come in here every morning to remind myself that I'm a football coach, but I'm a child of God. And I remember thinking to myself, I just went from the back of the bus to Houston Nut study. And he's sharing with me this wonderful memory all by himself. I left there that day realizing that Jesus had an open invitation in the Nut House. <laughs> okay, maybe I didn't say that as well as I should have. In Houston's home, Jesus had an open invitation. In our scripture lesson this morning, Jesus has been invited into another home, the home of a Pharisee. And you would think that this would be an occasion where it would be a wonderful afternoon of fellowship, a good meal, some relaxation, but that doesn't appear to be the case at all. Luke tells us in chapter 14 that those Pharisees, they've got their eyes on Jesus. They've been watching him. And this is not watching in the sense of, I can't wait to see what wonderful things Jesus does and says. When Luke says that those Pharisees were watching Jesus, He's thinking more of the lines of watching as in lying in wait, lurking, looking 
for Jesus to say or do something wrong. They are waiting on Jesus to mess up. Interestingly enough, while the Pharisees have got their eyes on Jesus, Jesus has His eyes on the Pharisees. He's taking note of how all of these people that have come into the home that day are choosing which seats they are going to sit in around the table. And he is paying special attention to how some people are taking the seats of honor right next to the proverbial head coach. And then there are others who are just hoping that they get to sit with the assistant offensive line coach. And Jesus is watching, and it prompts him to speak. And Jesus tells a story. When you're invited to fantasy camp, don't go sit beside Houston Nutt. Instead, go sit with the assistant offensive line coach. And then you'll be invited to lead the prayer. And then you'll be invited into Houston Nutt's study. Well, something like that what Jesus was saying. Now, before you get any ideas, I don't think that this is Jesus' way of saying how to get good seats. I don't think the point of it is that he says, okay, if you want a good seat, don't go sit in the good seat first. Go over here and sit in the bad seat. Somebody will invite you to go sit in the good seat. Then you get to pray. Then you get to go to the study. It's a great way to get what you want. That's not at all what Jesus is trying to say here. What Jesus is really trying to say is that you and I shouldn't base our worth on where we sit. That we shouldn't find our value into who we're sitting next to. That we shouldn't see who we are in relation to how we stack up with everybody else that's in the room. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Jesus wants us to have a faith that waits. Jesus wants to, with deep humility, just take a seat somewhere and just to watch and see how in being humble and practicing humility that, that the opportunity to be exalted exists. I had a great privilege this past week of officiating a funeral of a man that I felt like really modeled this way of humility. Uh, when I first became Mark's pastor in Laverne uh, United Methodist Church in 2002, um, I knew Mark to be witty, I knew him to be funny, great guy. He was very, very um, successful in his chosen career path. Uh, he was destined to be the very best at what he did. And then he and his wife started having children. 
And all of a sudden, for Mark, that big office, that big title, that big paycheck, that big job, just really didn't seem to matter as much to him as it had done before. And Mark decided to give up that big job, that big paycheck, that big... He wanted a job that would allow him to be at home more frequently so that he could be a part of raising his kids. And so for the past 18 years, that's what Mark has done. When he died last week and the obituary was published and I read it in the newspaper, there was one sentence about his occupation. And the sentence basically said something like, he was successful in his work didn't even name the company that he worked for, didn't name what he did or how long he did it. The rest of that obituary was about how he poured into the life of his children, coaching their flag football team, being there at all of their school activities. He decided that it His worth was not in the position that he held in the office or how high he went up the ladder or how much money he might happen to make or uh, just who he might be working alongside. He decided that none of that was how he wanted to be measured as a human being. And so he emptied himself and he poured into the lives of his kids and he poured into the lives of his family and he poured into the lives of the people at his church. When I officiated that funeral last week, they had to bring in chairs. It looked like an Easter Sunday attendance at the church. I wanted to pass the offering plate. There were so many people. (laughs) And I couldn't help but think that here's a man who was on the fast track to success in so many ways that the world would honor and acknowledge. And he was willing to give it all up to humble himself. And the evidence of that crowd and the stories that were shared and the faith that we claimed was a wonderful example of how this humble man had now been exalted before God. He was willing to wait for that exaltation. And I believe he has received it today.